that lives inside my head. So, I was thinking on this episode, I'm going to title it Dark Skin versus Light Skin Black Relationships. And the reason why I'm going to talk about that today is because I was born and raised in New York City. And I guess maybe I was naive about um, racism. I knew I knew it existed. Um, half half of a white person was racist. Told me I don't. I I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have seen racism, and as I got older, I've seen this um, the underlying that could be racism. But then it's one of those things like if you don't get hired for a job, okay, are they not hiring me because I'm black, or they're not hiring me because I don't know. Um, of the skills to do the job. I mean, those things, in my opinion, you just don't know. I mean, you look at the person who interviewed you and you get a sense of, well, I think he didn't hire me because I'm black. But anyway, only reason I want to talk about that is because when I moved down to Virginia, um, because I had to leave the Northeast because the taxes was outrageous. So I moved to Virginia. Virginia is my family's home state. Mother was born and raised here. Father, uh, father was born and raised here. Grandparents, great grandparents, great 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 parents. You know, I'm actually living on the property I'm living on was in my family's. Uh, my great great grandfather bought the land for his son, which is my great grandfather, back in 1913. That's the year my grandmother was born. So she got the land. And when she passed it, she left it to me and my mom. Then my mom passed, and now I have it. So the land, this land that I'm living on has been in our family for over 100 years. And that, I feel good about that. I, feel, I really do feel good about that. Um, I hear so much nonsense about black people being poor and on welfare. Not all blacks are poor and on welfare. And not all blacks are uh, pop stars or rap, rap artists either. So anyway... So my cousins down here had was calling me light skin. It shocked me, and I told them, I said, "Wow, why are you calling me light skin? I was never called light skin. My mother was. I remember my mother being called that by the family and by a lot of blacks, but a lot of blacks never called me light skin. And they said, "What well, you are light skin?" And I never, and I was like, well, wait a minute. I never thought of myself as being light skin. So then I was sitting sit back and I was thinking um, the, the, the dynamics and the black community of being light skin and dark skin. I've heard about it. I grew up about it. Basically, I heard about it. I, I, as for me being either accused of it or being oppressed about it, I don't know. I never paid too much attention. Being that I was born and raised in, in, in New York City, um, most of people thought I was either Hispanic, you know, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban, or uh, West Indian. 
I've had those people say things like that to me. Um, now, why I want to talk about is my experience with this black, dark-skinned, light-skinned situation. So I, I went back and I was thinking about it and I thought about it and I said, well, my first, first best friend was Bobo. And he was definitely dark-skinned. He was very dark. And um, I had to be... Bobo was my friend. I was, I would say, about seven, eight years old. He was my best friend. And um, then I had another friend named Roy. And Roy, I remember, Roy was light-skinned. Now, the difference between Bobo and Roy, I have to admit, Bobo was dark-skinned, okay? Um, my grandmother was dark-skinned. My dad was dark-skinned. And my mother was very, very light. Um, well, she told me stories when she was growing up in the South. Um, when they get on the bus, she was able to sit in the front of the bus because the bus driver thought she was white, and my grandmother had to sit in the back of the bus. And they would go on; they wouldn't go on the bus together. This way, they they if she wants, if my mother wanted, she wanted my mother to sit in the front. She would go up to the bus first, and my mother would follow behind and pay her fare, and she'll sit right. Right there in the front. So anyway, so Roy was light skin. Bobo was dark skin. Okay, I like I liked them both. I remember as a kid, um, I, I admired Bobo because Bobo did a lot of things. Bobo was he was able to go to Bessie Hay Pool in the Bronx to swim. I wasn't allowed to go. My mom, you know, I don't know. She didn't want. I did go once, but um, I wasn't a swimmer, and I wasn't into the pool situation. We did have a pool in the neighborhood. The neighborhood had one of those pools for to me for five year olds. So anyway, um and, and Bobo played sports and Bobo helped me with um building things and Bobo was I like Bob I really admired him. He, he knew a lot, he did a lot. Roy, on the other hand, I felt a brother a brotherhood with Roy. Um I remember um Roy you could say Roy was light-skinned, and I remember feeling that Roy... I felt a kinship to Roy. Let's put it that way. I was only seven, eight years old. But Roy was light-skinned. I felt a kinship to Roy. And as I got older, I was thinking maybe I felt a kinship to Roy because my mother was light-skinned. I don't know. Now, Bobo and I stopped being friends, uh, I remember. Um, Bobo, dis Bobo um, we both was building... A, a wagon back in back in those days, you go around the neighborhood and you find. Uh, usually, you take the old shopping cart, the wheels off the old shopping cart, and you try to get like either a box or whatever, and you put, uh, uh, nail the wheels to the box. You need four wheels. You nail the wheels to the box, and you have yourself a wagon. And I remember searching for the wheels, and I found my wheels. Bobo had his wagon made, and there was another guy who lived in my building who was doing the same thing. Um, we left out we couldn't bring you couldn't bring stuff like that into the house, so you had to leave it either um I left mine since I lived on the first floor, I remember I leave it in my backyard window. So anyway, to make a long story short, those wheels somebody stole my wheels. And I went to the guy because he was building his I forgot his name, but he was building his thing. He said, No, I didn't I didn't take your wheels, I didn't take your wheels and 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 I'm looking at my wheels, and Bo will say he didn't know anything about it. But then, if my recollection is correct, 
I did see a guy who had my wheels because I had those special wheels. The wheels I had wouldn't, according to Bobo, wouldn't work anyway because I was a fat kid. He said I, I needed a certain, I needed different wheels that was a fat. So I accused the guy. He probably stole my wheels. Make a long story short, the guy kindly convinced me. He told I didn't get it from him. I got it from two other people. That Bobo took my wheels and gave it to the guy. I think Bobo sold it to the guy. You know, made for candy or whatever. So, I got angry, and I held a grudge, and I didn't want to be Bobo's friend anymore. So, that's what happened. That's, that severed that friendship. And, um, and I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I said, that's interesting. Um, I don't know if that set off uh, a trend in my head that dark-skinned blacks can't be trusted. I thought about that. I thought about that. Um, my stepfather, my mother got married, I think when I was about five, six years old. My stepfather was dark-skinned. He was um, very abusive. Um, he used, we had a lot of, um, how you say, um, I can't think of the correctness of the term, but yes, he, he did beat my mom. Um, he beat me a lot. Um, um, he was... Let's put it this way. He wasn't a very nice person to be with. And he was dark-skinned. And there was a time in my life I used to call him dad. I remember when I when he beat my mom, I stopped calling him dad. I called him by his first name. I didn't call him dad anymore. He, he said, you stop calling me dad. And at the time, you know, you know you're a kid. You don't think about this. And I honestly, as time goes on, I stopped calling him dad because I lost all respect for him. And then I thought about it. As I, you know, I'm thinking, I said, wow. Maybe because of him and Bobo, I, maybe I start having respect for dark-skinned men. I mean, because these are the examples I have with dark-skinned men. I mean, during that time, like I said, Roy was light-skinned. I had other friends. I remember other friends I went to school with. They were all light-skinned. Um, my, the first girl I had a crush on, she was a Puerto Rican. Um, and then... When I got to junior high school, I had James was my was my best friend. James had a cousin who was dark skinned, and um, I didn't get no shouldn't say I didn't get along with him, but um, I got along with James. <laughs> James was light skinned, and um, he James and I became best friends. And so now let's let's fast forward, and what we're going to fast forward to, I guess, um, high school. In high school, I, I had I didn't I didn't have any dark skinned friends in high school. Um, I had my first white friend. He was Irish. He was the one who got me um, hooked on gin. That was his favorite drink. So I used to drink a pint of gin with him after school when I was in high school. Um, so I've been been thinking about and thinking about this 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 um, relationship. This, this, I said, well, it can't be, and I don't, I don't think it was. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was in the back of my head. Dark-skinned men was not to be trusted. Well, if you read my book, I wrote a book called Nemesis Horizon Project, and like I said before, in my first podcast, the first two chapters is about what what I went through. So, if you read, I'm not going to tell you the whole, full story on that. I did fall in love with a light-skinned black man. Yes, and. To make a long story short, after a good eight to ten years, turned out that he was couldn't be trusted. 
and he backstabbed me, and he did all this. I'm not going into the details, but if you read read the book, you'll know the story. So now, um, I get sober, and all these feelings come out, and all these you know stuff. And um, in my sobriety, I I had you could say two Duskin lovers. Um, they had they had their quirks. Uh, one was uh, Thomas. Thomas had baggage, a lot of baggage, a lot of baggage. Um, Thomas was Doskin, and and um, I was Thomas's first black lover. His first. Thomas liked white boys. Doskin men like white boys, and I was his first light uh, black lover, or you should say, light skin lover. And I didn't think about it at the time. Like I said, I never thought of myself being light skin. He's, you know, he didn't even call me light skin. He said I was his first black lover. And, um, well, hindsight now you look at him, he, he liked white boys. So he didn't, he didn't get a dark-skinned black guy as a lover. He got, he got me. So anyway, um, Thomas had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of issues. And, and um, he was a good guy. He just had too much baggage. A lot of baggage. Um, first of all, um, he wanted, I guess, we didn't, I don't remember having the terminology back then. This is in the 80s. He wanted an open relationship. He didn't say he wanted an open relationship. Um, we was going together for a good, what, five, six months. And he came to me. He said, listen, uh, he goes, um, I'm not going to give up my, uh, my, my uh, pen pals. We didn't have the internet back then. We had a thing in the paper called Pen Pop. You go to the gay newspaper, and you see the ad, a personal ad, and you like, you wrote to him. So we didn't have internet. We had Pen Pals. And he said, well, because he wanted me to move in. He wanted me to do all these things with him. He said, I'm just letting you know. He said, I'm not, I'm not giving up my Pen Pals. Okay. Then he says to me that um, if he wants to have another, have sex with another guy, he'll let me know first to get my approval. And I just said to him, I said, well, you don't have to get my approval because the answer will always be no. Then he wanted um, to make porn with him. So it was, it was, a, it, it was, mind you, I was newly sober. I think when I met Thomas, I, well, actually when I met Thomas, I was 90 days sober. But um, something happened in between. Because the next time I met Thomas was in 91. I got sober in 84. I met Thomas in 80, I met Thomas in 84. And then... Uh, he was still in a relationship, and he wanted to fool around with me, and I said, no, because he said he was breaking up with a relationship. So break up a relationship and come back, which he did in 91. So it took him that long, but his, what happened is lover died in 91, and uh, I got a phone call, and that's, that's that, and we, we, we got together and tried to make a, a, a relationship. But he had so much baggage. He was trying to mold me into his lover his lover he met his lover when he was 17 and his lover had to been way in his 50s because um yeah i think he had way in his 50s so when it came to sex his lover allowed him to have all this sex i don't think his lover was able to have the sex the way that thomas wanted it and and there's a lot of stuff going on with with thomas that i just couldn't deal with but thomas was dark skin Thomas actually was my first dark skin. I was his first black lover. Thomas was my first dark skin lover. But I had to break it off. Um, I just couldn't take it anymore. It, it didn't, you know. So, fast forward again. 
We go to um, that was ninety one. I should go back. I'm sorry. I missed. I missed the guy. My first black. Uh, my first dark skin lover was um, Larry. Larry was uh, a lawyer. Larry was very well spoken. He, believe it or not, he had he was working for a lawyer firm in the World Trade Center. This is um, before they bombed it the first time in the World Trade Center. Um, I was Larry's first black lover again. Larry never had a black lover. He always had white white boys. That's what he liked. That was his thing. White boys. I was his first black lover. He didn't say light skin black. He said black lover. Okay. But Larry, um, the thing about Larry, I didn't love Larry. I like Larry a lot. I mean, I like going doing things with him. Larry and I, Larry used to take me out to dinner. We eat to movies. We um. We were supposed to go to Vermont. He had a he had a house. He had a, a, a cabin in Vermont, and he had um, he was building two houses in New Brunswick, New Jersey. One for his family. This is what Larry wanted me to do. Larry was a lawyer. Larry Mills was making a lot of money. He wanted me to give up my job, give up my apartment, move in. He's building a house for us. He said. And he was building, right next to that house, he was building a house for his parents. He wanted me to give all that up. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to look after his parents and write. He, I was a writer. I was a playwright and write plays. And first of all, I was too independent to give up my independence to be dependent upon him. And when I broke up with him, he says to me, wow, you're not... I love you. You're not giving our love a chance. And I said to Larry, I said, but Larry, that's not love. You want me to to give up my life to depend upon you. I said, if anything goes wrong in our relationship 10 years down the road and you decide to like take, you know, do what you want to do and, and, and we don't love each other anymore. You want, you, you want to, I guess, a divorce. We couldn't get married at the time, but a divorce, whatever. Where would that leave me? And the guy started crying and I, and, and I broke up. And actually, I, had, I, went, I went back to therapy over that. And I told the therapist about it. I said, you know, I think I've always wanted, I always wanted this fantasy of, of, of the white picket fence, the house with the white picket fence, you know, the two dogs, the two cars, the garage, and all that. I just threw that away. I told it to the therapist. I just threw that all away. I just threw it away. And of course, she talked me, talked me through it, but that's how I felt at the time when I let Larry. So those are my two dark-skinned black relationships. Now, that was the last one. Was like I say, Thomas was my last one. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever had another uh, dark-skinned relationship <laughs> since then. Um, and sometimes I sit down and I think, well, why is that? Um, when when I go on the Dateline and all on all these so-called dating sites, and 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 they have these um, guys, these dark-skinned guys, and when I look at the pictures, um, I notice I bypass the dark-skinned guys. I'll look at a light-skinned black guy, I'll look at a white guy, a Latin guy, and all like and that. But for some reason, I guess. Um, I don't know. 
And I questioned myself when I could move down here. I didn't think about it until my cousins kept calling me light skin. And I just say, well, I don't know. Do I favor light-skinned guys? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't pretty much favor light-skinned black guys. Um, I favor Latinos, West Indians, and, and white guys. Now, I would not, I would not turn down a, a dark-skinned guy or a, light, a light-skinned black guy. Either way, I won't turn them down. But for some strange reason, I'm not gravitated to them. And then my experience with black people is totally, totally um, suspicious. Let's put it that way. Anytime a black person do anything, white, uh, light skin, or dark skin, I get suspicious. Well, where he get this money from? Who did he rob this money from? Who did he steal it from? Who did, who did he kill to get this money? And I know it goes in my head. That's the craziness in my head. I mean, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, wow, he got, oh, he must got a nice job. I'd be saying in my mouth, oh, he must got a nice job. So, and, and the reply was, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. But in, but in my craziness, I said, yeah, yeah, right. He must be screwing this or he must got a big dick and somebody's up on it. He <laughs> or, or if it's a female or she must be giving up uh, a black female. What, what's she giving up? And that's, and that's the craziness. Like I said to myself, Wow. I suspect, I have suspicion of black people. Now, I could have gotten that, to be all honestly, I could have gotten that from the society we live in. We live in that kind of society where, where, um, and that they call systematic racism. We live in that kind of society. Why wouldn't I not have that in my head, in the craziness of my mind? And then my experience, I mean, I can go on and on about my experience with blacks, um, I mean, I, I mind you, I, I drank and drugged, so I do know a lot of blacks. And it's funny, when I was drinking and drugging, I was with the black people. I, I mean, with blacks, men. I didn't start um, questioning black men until I got sober. Maybe that's it, because I got sober, I had to step back and look at all the black men that I, I um, had contact with and what they were. A lot of them were addicts, a lot of them were alcoholic, a lot of them just deal. I had I had a lot of black men stole from me. Now and they don't have to be dark skin. They don't have to be light skin. They were just black men that stole from me. Now I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't had a Latino steal from me. I haven't had a white guy steal from me. Not to say they can't, but I that my experience have always been black. This is what black men do. And I could tell you stories. I don't want to go into the horror story. I mean, there's a lot of them. But but one main story. Um, I found that if you read the book, my Morris, who was, I was manly in love with Morris, light-skinned black. Every, he was my, um, my knight in shining armor. He was, his girlfriend, he had girlfriends. His girl, one of his girlfriends had told me to my face that Morris was, was, was stabbing me in the back. But when you're in love, no, not the man I'm in love with. No, he can't do that. Then, long story short, when I had to sit down and realize that he had to go. And like I said, if you want to read that, you have to read my book. I'm not going to go on those stories. So, anyway, I'm going to end the show right now. hope I didn't bore you guys. But I just want to let you know, the craziness in my mind is I'm still working on it. 
because of the racism that we have, the, the, well, the systematic racism that's in this country, the craziest in my mind, I am very suspect of black people. Um, probably, like I said, probably because in my drinking days, the type of black people I hung out with. Now, when I got sober, I did meet a lot of um, strong black men who was standing on their own two feet, who did have a job, who worked. I even met some black men who had their own business. Quite a few of them have their own business. But yet, being, I still have that experience of the, of the black men that I dealt with, that all there was steals and robbers, and, and, and if you got to be very careful, because they were thieves. And, but you can't blame one bad apple on the whole bunch. And I told myself, and I've had a bunch, and it was only a few. Anyway, I'm going to end the show right there, and maybe, maybe, you might stay tuned for my next episode. Shalom.